Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Happy New Year and welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin and I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Schultz. This is a super special episode of the podcast today. It's officially our 100th episode, so we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of our listeners. It's been a really great ride so far. Um, Today we're going to make some big predictions about the best Netflix shows and stars of 2022. But first, Cody, we've got a big, uh, or not Stranger Things, sorry, Outer Banks Season 3 report to talk about. So according to what's on Netflix, Outer Banks Season 3 is going to start filming in February 2022, and it's going to run through August. Um, Is that a good or bad thing, Cody? Yeah, I feel like it's both. It's good that they're getting, you know, it's going to get started here shortly. It's not going to be too late into the the, uh, new year here. But I really wonder what this is going to mean for a release date. Um, just because we do tend to see like after filming wraps a couple months of post-production. So it's like, could we be getting a season this year still, or could it be delayed until 2023? I think that's the biggest question on my mind, just because it's very unclear to me how quickly they can turn a season of Outer Banks around just because it's been one of those shows that has kind of always operated under this pandemic. So it's been interesting times, I guess is the best way of saying it. So like, if they do film until August, like what does that mean for a release date? Could we get it at the tail end of 2022? Possibly. But it's like, I don't know. Is, does this feel like a winter show to me? Like a fall winter show? Yeah, it's tough. I know we talked about, I think it was on the podcast or if it was just in one of our other chats about a uh, Christmas episode. So that would be fun if we could get it by the end of the year. Uh, we, I, I want to know what the Pogues are going to do for Christmas. But uh, I think it's tough with, I believe... I think it was revealed that this is about how long season two took to film. They started in like August and it ran through April, which is again um, about eight months, which I think is, I can't count, but roughly around the same uh, time here. And then they, they cranked it out in about three to four months after production wrapped was when it was released on Netflix at the end of July. So it's like, it's definitely possible, um, especially this show doesn't have a lot, I don't think, of, um, you know, special effects or anything like that. It's just all really practical um, action sequences and stuff like that. So it's it's really tough to say. I mean, I'm leaning towards late 2022, uh, but I don't know if that's just like the optimist in me being like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I have to wait a full year for the show. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to look ahead, and I'm like, I could see maybe November working. I mean, it's also, we do know Netflix loves a good, like, holiday release. Yeah. I mean, this last year, we got Emily in Paris, we got The Witcher, then we got Cobra Kai right after, at the beginning of January, I think, right? Um, So, I mean, it's possible that it could sneak in there at the end. I just, I don't know, this show always kind of gives me, like, that spring-summer kind of vibes, and so I'm like, if they're still filming in the summer, that kind of rules out, of course, the release date in the summer, so it just makes me... As a fan, like I'm kind of curious to see where Netflix is going to slot this one in. I know, and I'm also a little bit worried about the start of filming. Um, with, I mean, we've seen, I think it's been mostly LA 
productions so far that have um, kind of been delayed or postponed uh, to start the year because of uh, the whole COVID situation. So, you know, you'd hope that everything is kind of calmed down by February, (laughs) but if it's not, I don't know where they're going to start filming. I would imagine that they better start in like the Caribbean, right? Like we don't, I don't know what the weather's like in South Carolina, but I don't know. It's cold everywhere, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting and fair point, too. And I think that's what's going to be something we're probably going to have to monitor and start talking about again here soon. It's just because we are seeing shows and, and even events. I know the Grammys have been postponed indefinitely right now. I know one of the festivals was just postponed and canceled. So it's like, it's giving me that early, like, spring 2020 vibes again, and I'm not... This isn't the energy I wanted to start the new year off on. <laughs> I know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, how and if any of these Netflix shows end up having to hit pause on production and what the timeline... Sh- you know, how that kind of spirals things from there. Yeah, the good news is Stranger Things Season 4 is done. <laughs> so it's coming this year. So we don't have to worry about that one. Everything else is tough. Um... I guess, should we get into some of these uh, uh, 2022 predictions that we're going to make? Yeah, I'm ready to make some, stir the stir that pot and cause some drama today. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, I want to encourage our listeners to check out Blindsided, a new podcast from the Players' Tribune. The Players' Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast called Blindsided. It's hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. Blindsided will share and analyze moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health became the most important focus of their lives. Blindsided then dives deeper, it gets clinical, and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges that people face why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindside is a sports co- sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. You can subscribe to Blindsided on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts today. All right, so let's, let's get things started with the best Netflix show of 2022. And I guess I should preface and say, we don't know if all of these shows are coming in 2022, but for most of the picks that I think that we made, they're pretty much guaranteed to be released this year is that right yeah i tried there were some that i kind of held back just because i wasn't sure and i'm like okay i don't think this one it hasn't been confirmed so i tried to stick with ones that we should be seeing in 2022 whether they've already been confirmed or it's a strong kind of expectation that we're gonna get a new season that sounds good so do you want to go first with the best what you think will be the best netflix show of 2022 yeah so i think I was torn a little bit on this one. I almost went with Bridgerton, um, but it's it's got to be Stranger Things season four. Um, fans have been waiting for this one for eternity, and so there's no way this isn't not just the best, but one of the biggest shows of 2022, not just for Netflix, but just in television in general. Um, I mean, for as long as the season's taken to put together, I just have like high expectations. I think that's the general fandom. And I think they're going to deliver on it. I think this is going to be probably its best season yet. And so I think that one is going to be one to definitely get excited for. We already are. Um, But just finally knowing like the end game is almost here and that season's coming. I know you got your pick in before me, but that would have also been my pick. Uh, No, Stranger Things. Yeah. What can we say? We talk about it so much, but I, I think the anticipation, the one thing I'm a little worried about is like the hype is so high that it's like will it be able to live up to it and i feel like that i mean i had this the show's delivered every season uh season two was probably um 
I would say that most fans would say it's probably the worst one so far, but it's still like very, very good, like way over 90. I think it's over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like that people think that it's bad. It's probably just a little bit less than the first and third season, in my opinion, I guess. But I don't know, just with the where the story is going, um, I don't know. We're going to talk about Stranger Things a little bit more, I feel like, in this podcast. But uh, I'm going to go with Ozark season four, and I feel like that this is... I don't know, it's not really, uh, uh, like, one that people are expecting, maybe, because it's coming out immediately, the new season premieres January 21st, but we're going to get, it's going to premiere in two parts, like uh, most final seasons have done on Netflix so far, um, and they're both coming this year, so I feel like we're going to get, like, you know, that Ozark peak is going to happen early, and then they're probably going to save the rest for maybe summer, fall, and I feel like it's going to, like, really, uh... I don't know, tip the scales in the favor of Ozark a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's a fair assessment. I feel like it's definitely going to be a big year for Ozark. And that is one of those shows that, like, critically speaking, is usually, you know, gets that title of one of the best shows of the year is when it's had new seasons. Always kind of gets that award buzz. Um, so I think that's a fair pick, too. And I think it balances out. We've kind of got, not that Stranger Things doesn't get, you know, the award buzz that's been nominated for Emmys and different ones. It just doesn't necessarily pick up the wins. Mm-hmm. Kind of like one of those shows that gets nominations but this is kind of there and i feel like ozark's the opposite where it's going to be a competitor this year it's going to get fans talking and it's definitely like an interesting one to kick off the new year for netflix i think yeah did they win best drama at the emmys or that i know that jason bateman won for like directing and i know julia garner has won for acting i'm i don't know if jason bateman won an acting one as well but it's always in the conversation and so with with how they're doing it I mean, I think that, you know, we're going to see them release, so we're going to have two Emmy cycles for Ozark, so definitely a chance for this one to pick up uh, a big Emmy win later this year or even next year, and then, you know, we we do see that happen with shows sometimes with, like, the the, the final season, um, they kind of get that, like, send-off with the award on the awards circuit, so I would expect that to happen with Ozark Season 4. Yeah, definitely, and I think it'll be one where we... I, I, it, it has that, like, the fact that they're getting the bump of two seasons, I think just gives it, like, another edge of just, like, there's going to be two waves to talk about. You're going to get that first right. batch, people will wait, and then once that second batch, the final batch of episodes arrives, people are going to be talking about it all year. Agreed. So, our next category is Breakout Star of the Year. Um, I like your pick more than mine, so you can go first again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so looking at this year, the the one that just kept coming to mind was Simone Ashley, who, of course, has joined the cast of Bridgerton, going to be playing Kate Sharma, um, the the female lead opposite Jonathan Bailey. I just feel like she's primed to kind of have that reggae John Page kind of breakout season as one of the leads. I think she's just going to come in just in the footage we've already seen. Like, fans can't get enough of her character and are so excited to see this character kind of enter the Bridgerton universe. And so... I'm predicting this is going to be a big year for her. Of course, she's not, you know, entirely new. I know she's been in some Netflix shows. I think it was Sex Education. Um, she's been in some Netflix fans are already familiar with her name. But I definitely think she's one that's primed for a breakout year with that role in Bridgerton. Yeah, I agree. I think that this one's a slam dunk. I think that, you know, magazine covers, all of the big magazines, um, or I mean, big entertainment outlets are going to have interviews with her. And I think that uh, once fans get to see her character and... You know, like like you mentioned, what we've seen so far is awesome. Like, I feel like this is a perfect character for this show to really be huge. My pick, though, is Eduardo Franco of Stranger Things Season 4. So he's a new character. 
Um, he plays Argyle. Um, it's John, he's Jonathan's best friend when they move to California. I think I can say all of that because none of it's spoilers now. They revealed it in the <laughs> latest teaser trailer. Um, but I think that when Stranger Things is that show that it can get really heavy at times, and especially where the season is starting out, it seems like that there's a lot going on and he's kind of seems like one of those characters that's going to have that like comic relief. Um, he's going to be a, a major part of one of the stories. And uh, usually when that happens, you know, we've seen it with previous seasons of stranger things. I think um, season two, Sadie sink and um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Montgomery who played Billy um, in season two were obviously huge. Then when you look at season three, Maya Hawk and uh, Priya Ferguson, uh, two really big breakout stars there. So I think that this one, there's a lot of new characters in Stranger Things season four. Like the cast list is up to like 40 confirmed cast members or something like that that have like pretty significant roles. And I, so I feel like that there's going to be a lot of competition, but I, I feel like uh, Eduardo Franco is the pick here. Yeah, I think that's a good pick, too, because, like you said, there's kind of that Stranger Things effect of, like, there's always that... You've got the core cast, who, of course, fans love and love to see, you know, new story arcs for. But each season, we've kind of seen these new characters introduced, and there's always that one or two that just really breaks out. And just from what we've seen already, I definitely agree he could be one of those ones this season that fans are going to, you know, depending on how they write the character and how long he ends up being in the season, we don't know yet. Um, I think he could be. But, I mean, even look at back, like, season one, like, Barb. Um, oh, like yeah. how much like she wasn't quite in season one as much as you would think but she, there was such a big movement so I think he's definitely one and that's a show that there's going to be someone breakout from yeah I think so we did breakout what do you think I, I feel like that we picked so far we've picked really big shows that like a lot of people are looking forward to what do you think is good like a sleeper hit of 2022 something that people don't really have their eye on yet yeah, so this one, I might get, like, some, you know, some pushback just on, on the, you know, actual quality here. But I went with Sweet Magnolia Season 2. Um, I feel like it's one that the fans are definitely passionate and excited about, but not enough people are talking about it. Um, and this is one, it tra- debuted in May 2020, and it kind of was a quiet hit that first summer when it dropped. Like, it came out of nowhere and then just was this big hit for Netflix. But then... There was a longer break in the season than fans expected, and so I feel like it's not had that chance to kind of build up. Like Bridgerton, it hit, and there was that word of mouth that constantly we're talking about. And I feel like when you look at the Netflix rom-coms, or you know, romantic dramas, I should say, with Bridgerton, Virgin River, we talk about those two a lot, but we don't often talk about Sweet Magnolias. And so I feel like this is going to be kind of that sleeper hit. It got a February 4th release day right before Valentine's Day. I think that's going to help it. And so I really think this one's one to watch and that people should get excited for. I I really like this pick, too, because, I mean, I really like the show. But I think that this is one of those ones that, and I think we maybe mentioned it before, but, like, we don't really know what the numbers really look like because at that point when it came out, Netflix wasn't really sharing a lot. And this was another, like, word-of-mouth series, I feel like, that, like, you know, traveled through family-friend groups and stuff like that that uh, we haven't really seen, because we haven't seen the second season yet, and it's been so long, what the effect is really going to be on the numbers. Like, I could easily see when this one hits, jumping, like, right to number one, even though there's a lot of big stuff coming um, end of January and into February. So, I don't know. I- I'm really uh, excited about that one. This the My pick actually premieres a week after uh, Sweet Magnolia Season 2, uh, and so it, could, it might bump it from the number one slot, but it's Inventing Anna. It's the second Shondaland 
Um, Netflix original production, obviously, behind Bridgerton, uh, which was a massive hit. And I feel like that everything everything that Shonda Rhimes touches just turns to, like, gold or platinum or whatever the... You know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, and so it, it's about... It stars Julia Garner of Ozark, and it's about uh, basically a con woman. Uh, it's based on a true story uh, that she infiltrated all of these social circles in, uh, I think, like, New York City. And so... Very interesting. A lot of mystery going on here. I don't know what this show is actually going to look like, but I feel like all of the pieces that I mentioned kind of combining to, like, this has the feelings of, like, the feeling of, like, a massive hit um, for Netflix. Yeah, I feel like you, I mean, Shondaland really does have a streak. I mean, of course, Grey's Anatomy, but I feel like even that one got a slower start than ABC anticipated. When you look at, like, more of the recent hits, like Scandal, How to Go with Murder, Bridgerton... Like, they just have a way of, like, putting together these shows to get the internet talking, get fans watching. I think this is going to be one that'll get, like, that word of mouth, like you said, just, like, as people start watching it that first week, first few weeks. Um, and, yeah, I agree. This one's going to be one I'm excited for this series. This is one that I'm looking forward to. Um, so I hope it's a sleeper hit. It definitely, like, I want it to see. I'll be curious. I'm always, like, interested to see, like, some of these new shows, like, how far they can go and, like, what it looks like once we get past, like, the initial just trailers and all that, like, getting into the show. So... I think that's a great pick, and I'm curious, now that we talked about sleeper hits, um, what do we, with, Netflix is known for its internet breaking moments, I mean, <laughs> there's always, like, something Netflix does that people just can't stop talking about, and so I'm curious, what do you think is going to be that moment this year for Netflix? This is such a fun uh, category, I just have to say. My pick is when Hopper and Eleven are reunited in Stranger Things Season 4, If that doesn't happen, I think that the fandom will probably riot. Like, it just has to. (laughs) They have nine episodes, I think, nine episodes to get it done. I'm assuming it's going to happen, you know, based on how things have gone in Stranger Things very late in the season. Maybe final episode, maybe maybe final moments. Uh, But that's kind of where I see it going in that moment. We've already seen like a couple, like 11 reunions in the show, and they're always so good. Season two, that when... She walks through the door after like killing the like Demogorgon thing, and Mike, is, like Mike's face with the music. It's like it might have been in slow motion. I don't really know, but like those type of reunions, I feel like that that's that's what I'm waiting for this year. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see like because that has to happen this season, and I'll be like like you said, I'm really interested to see how far into the season they make us wait because they have had a tendency to kind of drag that out and like wait it until like the end of the season, but. That definitely, like, when that happens, I just know there's going to be endless amounts of memes and stuff, <laughs> like, people <laughs> reacting to the, because, uh, I mean, it's Eleven and Hopper. I mean, come on. It's it's one of those ones that I think we're all, like, counting down and, like, hoping for that moment. Can't wait to see it happen. Um, I went with one that's, again, I feel like I'm talking about Bridgerton a lot today, <laughs> but the, of course, heading into Bridgerton season two, the big storyline has been, you know, Reggae John Page saying he wasn't going to be part of the season two cast. My prediction is that he is going to be in the show somehow. He's going to make some kind of surprise cameo, and that's going to immediately, you know, be the thing everyone's talking about that kind of drags more people into watching season two just to see how he pops up, how long. Um, I know, I think Netflix is going to, you know, they've played coy and kind of said that, you know, it's not happening, but I just have a feeling that they filmed something. Like, you don't lose your biggest actor. And I, I know there was all these rumors about they offered him, like, all this money to come back for, like, a bit role. I just feel like it. They they snuck it in. They're kind of like what we saw with No Way Home, 
of like Andrew Murfield kind of out there constantly saying, no, I'm not in this. But then the, you know, the actual season's going to drop and him be there. And how could that happen and it not break the internet? Yeah, it's like, uh, I think that uh, you're kind of right on. I feel like they're kind of denying it so like fiercely, which, you know, that, that, that like something's going on, right? I, I feel like that that's happening. It's like, but they kind of are like, in a really rough spot because it's like if they don't say anything then it's like what are you hiding and if they say it like too <laughs> firmly it's like well it, you sound like you're lying like it's just uh <laughs> they can't win but i feel like everyone wants to see it it would be a missed opportunity for him not to be in it um speaking of missed opportunities no uh, i think we've talked about a lot of positive things so far so let's slow it down this one is the it's not a super fun category, but I feel like that it's uh, it's the inevitable. So which show in 2022 we do think is most likely to be canceled in like an untimely fashion? So not like worst show, because like there's a lot, you know, but like a show that's like beloved, but it's just like maybe not going to get not going to live up to the hype, I guess. Yeah, I feel like cynical with this pick and I hope my pick is proved wrong. Like I'm ready to eat my words on this one, but I worry about The Sandman, um, mm. just because we've seen, this has been one that Netflix has been promoting heavily, but we saw them do the same route with Cowboy Bebop, and then that one got canceled really, really fast. Um, we thought there was a lot of promise, thought it was going to be a big hit, and then it was pulled. We kind of saw something similar with The Irregulars. There was a lot of fan buzz, but then it was kind of a one and done. And so I'm just hesitant in seeing how these things have played out, these last couple of bigger um, genre-based shows, like getting kind of canceled swiftly or quietly. And so that's the one I'm most fearful for. I'm hoping that I'm wrong and that it becomes like a big hit because I want it to succeed. I just Netflix is kind of jaded me a little bit. And I'm like, what is is this one going to go down that same path? Yeah, that's the other. It's so tough because either the, like an ad, the adaptations can either go, you know, one way, like Lord of the Rings, where it seems like everyone loves it, or they could really come up short let's say the opposite of Lord of the Rings is like Cowboy Bebop, where even people who, I mean, I enjoyed it, but is it like something that I was and I'm dying to see season two? Not really. Sandman obviously has a long history. If they do it wrong, it where like people might tune in and then turn it off. That's, I think the biggest thing. And then the other thing is like the whole fantasy genre is a tough sell for some people like immediately they're just out like they don't want to watch it and we've seen it obviously the witcher is a huge success on netflix the opposite of that is i don't even know there's been some fantasy shows that have been canceled though and that's what i'm worried about that one as well because i think you mentioned the irregulars kind of all went this way as well where it looked like it was popular and then it just wasn't um Mm -hmm. my pick is a returning show and I feel awful saying this because it's also an adaptation and I really like it and I really hope that it gets renewed but I'm just a little bit worried based on the pandemic they filmed two seasons back to back what happens after the new season drops and that's lock and key um season two dropped in October and that was a pretty good month for Netflix it was around you season four obviously Halloween um it was on the top 10 for quite a while but it didn't really get that like huge bump that I think that Netflix really wants to see from returning shows before they get those season three, four, five pickups. Um, and it seems like that it's maybe not super expensive, but 
maybe a little bit more expensive than um, not. So I think that there's a lot of potential with this show moving forward, but it's one that I kind of have highlighted as like a watch this one because uh, we've seen other shows like it get canceled, even though they started super strong, seem like they had a big fan base behind them and then just kind of fell off at the end. Um, Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the other thing with this one is it's one of those shows where we're getting in that kind of the murky waters for Netflix where these, this is when you start to get more complicated with the renewals Mm -hmm. and you start to see like lesser and lesser shows getting past like season four and season five and all that. And so I think as you get higher with some of the Netflix ones, it always becomes that question mark as is. And this one's kind of one of the ones that has been on the bubble for me. Like I could see it going either way. I feel like there's definitely fans. We like it. We enjoy it. But it's like, it doesn't seem like it's as big as some of these other Netflix shows. And so when it comes to like costs, you always worry about those shows getting kind of pushed to the side and overlooked because of these other shows. Absolutely. I agree. Um, oh, that was tough. Uh, should we do most likely to win an Emmy in 2022? <laughs> Yeah, I'll leave this one off because mine is, speaking of uh, most likely to get overlooked, My, I want to say Stranger Things or Bridgerton with this one, but really, in all honesty, I think it's going to be Ozark's year. Um, Me like, too. Those are the two shows that I, I'd, I'd love to see get nominated. I think they will get nominated maybe for Emmys. I just don't think they're going to win them in it because of Ozark being in the race again. Because um, we've kind of seen this happen in the past when Ozark's had a new season. There'll be other Netflix shows that have gotten nominated. I'm pretty sure Ozark and Stranger Things have been nominated mm-hmm. in the same year. Um, but usually it's Ozark who walks away with the Emmys at the end. And so I feel like that could be the trend we see again this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, just that this show seems to have like the recipe for the award season wins. And it's like, you know, the anti-hero, some dark drama you know, you they allow the actors to really, I don't know, not show off, but like they get their, they know the emotional beats to hit and we get really strong performances from, like this cast is stacked. So like, it just goes without saying. And then when the writing catches up to it, like it did in season three, it makes sense why um, the show's always recognized. I guess the big thing now is, you know, the Netflix top 10 is, I don't know, one of the most talked about things, which show is number one, that kind of thing. So for our last category, we've got the series most likely to top the chart the longest. Um, And your pick is really interesting. I'll say mine because we've already talked about it a lot. But my pick was Bridgerton just because the first season was so popular and I feel like it lasted so long that when this show hits, I feel like everyone from, um, you know, 18 plus year olds all the way to like, I don't know very old people watching are going to tune in and watch this show. No shade to the old people, but I mean, you just don't see a show that has like that kind of legs, really like that range, uh, that age range. Usually we're picking a demographic and we're sticking to it, but Bridgerton is, I don't know. It casts a wide net. That's all I'll say. So that's why Matt, that's my chart topper over to you, Cody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that's fair too. Cause I think that was one of the running like jokes too. in the first season dropped is people assumed this was a show they could safely watch with their parents, mm-hmm. but then it would kind of end up being like a little bit more envelope pushing than they anticipated. So it kind of created some of those fun, um, awkward moments that kind of took over Twitter for a bit. Um, yeah, I went with a little bit, maybe out of the box one on this one. Uh, and I went with a, a newer Netflix acquisition, which is manifest this show. Just when you look at 2021, I mean, it nearly broke a Netflix record before this new chart launch, um, which is how many weeks it stayed in the top 10. It continues to top the charts internationally on Twitter. I'm always seeing like different, the manifest groups, you know, tout how it's like number one in Italy or, you know, 
number four in France. Like, it's such an international hit. And I just feel like once we finally get this first batch of Netflix episodes, whenever that might be, we don't know when exactly they're coming yet. But it's just like whenever that happens, the manifestors are going to show up and that one's going to ride the charts. Um, I'll be curious to see, could it break a record? Who knows? I feel like once those new batch drop, like I could also see it getting another spike of like new fans who hadn't yet watched the season, like finally getting in like, oh, the new episodes are coming or the new episodes are here. I need to start watching from the beginning. And so I just think this one has like that good, every just the perfect spell that's just kind of like top the chart for a long stretch there. Yeah, this is the perfect pick. And it it's kind of mind boggling, not not in like because the show's good, but in the sense of like it's not released on Netflix everywhere. And so when it drops in Brazil, Italy, um I it just dropped somewhere recently and it shot up to like number five in the international top ten. Um, and it's like, they haven't had a new season in months. They're coming to Netflix later. And it just is like the word of mouth now on this show, everyone, I feel like if you're in any type of entertainment circles at all has like, you've heard of the show. And so when it's available to you, people are tuning in and kind of taking a flyer on it, whether you're finishing it or not. I feel like that it's kind of clear that people are finishing it. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that when season four drops, those first five to ten episodes, however many they do, is going to be really, really interesting. Uh, because it's like how Netflix is doing it now. You know, they're showing how many hours watched and counting that. So it's like if people watch the full season in one day, what does that do? That's the only thing with the the chart topping that's hard to quantify is like the how long is it going to stay there and it just like people have to just keep watching over and over and new people have to keep watching and been or i guess they have to find it and then binge watch it is what i was trying to say so um yeah i guess any last thoughts before we go we're almost out of time uh just that i think 2022 is definitely going to be an exciting year i know we've talked like at the end of the year about like some of the shows we were excited about and just kind of going through our bold predictions it's just exciting to see what all because we, it was, you know, hit and miss, I think, at the beginning of 2021, but really looking at the the list that's coming this year, there's so many good shows coming, and it's just going to be so fun to continue to react and, and just talk about the shows we love, because that's why we do what we do, is because we're fans. Exactly. Yeah, the first couple weeks of January looking a little slow, but then once you hit Ozark at the end of the month, and then into February... And then Bridgerton in March. And then who knows when Stranger Things is dropping, but it's going to be wild. So thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll see you all next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.